there, my name is Terry Bear, and welcome to I Have Things to Say. It's the podcast where I say things that might make you laugh, cry, think, maybe feel encouraged, but hopefully these things make you want to hear more things I have to say. It's awkward meets charm meets wit with a side of insight. So I'm glad you're here because I have things to say. Yay! All right, welcome. This is episode number three. I'm so excited. We're on a roll now, y'all. Today's episode is called, Do They Know You're Funny? And there's a reason for that. I'm going to explain that. Today's going to be a bit of an insightful episode. We're still in this get to know you phase. So I wanted to talk about something that's been near and dear to my heart my whole life because it has been who I am, not who I am, but how I am. I guess it's a better way to say that for my entire life. And today we're going to talk about the big fun world of introverts, right? So if you are an introvert, I think you'll relate to what I have to say today. Um, consider me the, your voice. Uh, introverts are listening to this at home, it probably maybe tucked away somewhere in a bedroom where nobody else is around. Extroverts are listening to this thinking, oh my gosh, I don't understand. So please tell me more about my introvert friends. Here's the deal with introverts. Be kind to your introvert friends. So let's talk about this. So do they know you're funny? So I have, I love a good personality test. How many of you, every time you see a Facebook personality test pop up, you're like, oh, I gotta take that. Um, I've taken those. I've taken like Briggs Myers tests for jobs. I've taken all kinds of things. Lately, I've taken something that's called a disc assessment and it's a pretty sweet deal. Um, It just reinforces kind of who you are and how you function and helps you understand how you function versus how different personality types. It's not really a personality type test, but it helps you understand like if you're if you're a more reserved personality and you're very logical and very analytical, how do you communicate best with somebody who is very emotional, very dominant, kind of that kind of thing? How can everybody work together? Great for teams, great for um, companies, businesses, 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 learning how to work with uh, interpersonal relationships, husbands, wives, kids. It's great. It's, it's a great thing. Um, so you know, early on in my personality test taking career, you know, I learned that I am an INFJ. I'm not going to explain what all that is right now, but it's basically an introvert. We're the rarest, our, my so- solidarity with my INFJ folks out there. We are the rarest personality type. Um, and we live in constant con- conflict with ourselves, with our brains, with our hearts, with uh, just under just understanding how to exist every day. And for a lot of people, that doesn't make a lot of sense because you don't understand. You're not in our heads. Uh, and so I'm going to just kind of walk through a day in the life of Terry the introvert, um, starting with young Terry. I was a very quiet kid. Um, I was, and for those of you who know me now, I have come a long way in, in, in uh, coming out of my shell. And I'm going to talk specifically about that phrase Uh, in a little bit, but um, I have come a long way in being able to kind of turn on a performance mode when I need to be social, be appear more extroverted, be around people, get business done, that kind of thing versus my natural instincts is to be at home in my sweatpants where there are no people talking to me. (laughs) 
So uh, as a young kid, there were different things about me. And I'm sure probably at some point, bless my mom's heart, she probably thought there was something seriously wrong with me. Uh, when I was really little, like maybe one to two years old and not really able to verbalize much at all, I had a really bad ear infection, um, but nobody knew this. So the way that she would know that there was something wrong with me as a child uh, is that I would get even quieter than quiet. So she noticed when I was a baby that I got super, super quiet. I wasn't crying. I wasn't making any noise, wasn't doing anything at all. So she, being the smart, amazing mom that she was, realized, okay, something's probably wrong with my kid. Uh, so she took me into the doctor and the doctor told her, and I don't remember this because I was a baby, but she has told me that the doctor told her that he was looking at me with the worst ear infection that he had ever seen. And he couldn't believe that I wasn't absolutely screaming my head off in pain. Okay. <laughs> Instance number one of maybe there's something a little different about this kid. A uh, little bit older, not too much. I remember a story, and I don't remember this happening either, but um, I was hanging out with my other young cousin who is just within a few days older than I am. And apparently my mom and my aunt were in another room and heard it get pretty quiet except for some banging noises. And I may not be telling the story exactly right, but I'm telling it as I remember it being told to me. So they walked in to see what the kids were doing. And I was sitting there with my hand. If you're, if you're, you know, in your thirties and forties, you probably remember having a little wooden play bench where you would take like a peg, a round peg and try to pound it with a wooden hammer into the round peg hole. And you would take the square wooden block and, and pound it into the wooden block hole. I was sitting there with my hand on top of that. And my cousin had the wooden mallet and she was just pounding away on my hand. And I was sitting there not saying a word, not a word. I wasn't making a sound. I wasn't crying. I wasn't saying, hey, I don't know how old I was if I was able to verbalize, hey, stop that. But I'm just hanging out there, letting my cousin beat the fire out of my hand with our toy. So, you know, instance number two, early childhood, uh, my mom came to realize I was what they call back then a compliant child. Um, which I don't know that that label is the best for a kid growing up who experiences uh, life in the way I did as an introvert, but that's what they called it back then. Okay, so as I got a little bit older, um, you know, within my early first early few years, um, I, I suffered bad from asthma as a child, spent a lot of time in and out of hospitals at doctors um, with bad, bad asthma. Um, but one thing that made it worse was that I didn't want anybody to know I was suffering. So even as a child, I was able to rationalize that I didn't want negative attention. I didn't want to be sick again. I didn't want half my I didn't want my parents to have to take me to the hospital again. So I would when I felt an attack coming on or if I was having trouble breathing, um, obviously I knew that was happening. I would hide. I would go into my room and just lay down quietly. I would try to disappear hoping that it would go away. Uh, before anybody figured out that I didn't feel well. Um, and by doing that, it just made the situation worse because I would wait too long uh, to let anybody know I didn't feel well to get treatment. And I spent uh, my poor dad, my poor parents rushed me to the emergency room probably more times than um, they could count uh, because I had let my asthma turn into a full-blown asthma attack. And, you know, as a four or five, six-year-old kid, a young kid, I didn't understand that that's what I was doing. I just didn't want that kind of attention. Um, same with migraines. I started having migraines around the age of five. Um, I don't know what kid has migraines that early. I don't know that anybody ever really figured out why that was happening, but it's just part of the whole 
glorious, um, gloriousness of my childhood being uh, very shy isn't the right word. I'm going to talk about that word too, but very, what people would consider shy, uh, and quiet and, um, nervous. Um, so when I would feel a migraine coming on, you know, I'm going to probably assume that the first time that happened to me, I had no idea what was doing. And I got them bad. It was, you know, the, the eyes would start seeing funny things. The head would start pounding in that one specific place. And before long, like within not very long, I was throwing up everywhere. It was just bad. They were really, really bad when I was a kid. So I'm sure the first time that happened to me around, you know, five-ish years old, I had no idea what was happening. Um, and I would get, I would just let it go though. So I would feel a headache coming on and knew what was going to happen. And I would hide. So that would, um, so that I could just not have that attention. Uh, we just would hope that it would go away. If I laid very still, or fell asleep, turned on all the lights, hopefully that would okay would be okay. And so often my mom would figure out that something was wrong with Terry again because I got really quiet or I disappeared. She hadn't seen me in the house for a while. So she would go looking for me and either find me, you know, really struggling to breathe and in the middle of an asthma attack or, you know, having a migraine headache and, and about to be really sick. There were times with the migraines that I let it go so long that and I would get so sick that I would get dehydrated and then that would end up as another trip to the ER. So I had a frequent had a frequent flyer card <laughs> pretty much as a kid. My poor parents. I mean, I would just uh, just I don't know how they dealt with me um, because I'm sure they just felt helpless and I couldn't verbalize, couldn't communicate what I needed um, until it was me being in the full throes of just being absolutely positively completely sick and ill. Um, later than that in life, it turns into, you know, kind of my introversion. And some of this is social anxiety. And that's going to be a whole other episode. Because while I think a lot of introverts have social anxiety, they're not, it's not exactly the same thing. I think you can have one without the other. Um, but for me, kind of the ongoing introversion uh, of my life later, it, it turned into things like, uh, you know, I didn't want to get called on in class. I wanted to sit in the back and just kind of hide back there. I knew all the answers. I'm I'm whip smart, y'all. I am super smart. So I knew all the things. I did all the homework, read all the stuff, uh, knew all the answers, but I didn't want to get called on because I was too embarrassed to uh, speak up. Uh, being called on to read in class, out loud in class, is like an introvert's nightmare. So kids, teachers, <laughs> today, moms, if you're out there with kids, uh, just kind of be wary that you know, there's a there's a point to it, and I get it of encouraging kids to be active and participate in class to make sure they're learning and getting everything they can out of it. There's also a huge fear factor there of kids who feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get called on today to read out loud in class. My anxiety is through the roof, but they won't know how to say that. They won't know how to verbalize that. They'll just be nervous freaking wrecks. Okay, so just be mindful of those things. Um, even later than that, at life in life, like high school and college, I didn't like for people to see me eating. Part of that was, um, I'm going to talk about this in another episode too, weight. I'm a thin person, uh, but being socially socially awkward, having a lot of anxiety, being introvert, uh, when people would comment on how thin I was, that was a negative for me. So I'm going to talk about that another another time, but I was embarrassed to eat in front of people just because I felt like people were watching me. So when you have you know this kind of whole introverted, I like being alone, um, and I like, you know, I don't like big crowds. I don't like a lot of attention and social anxiety on top of that. It's just a whole big bag of, oh my gosh, how do I get through the day? So here's how, you know, my mom, I feel my parents are probably at a disadvantage 
uh, back in the day because, you know, 40 years ago, you didn't have uh, the awareness, I think, that people, educators, doctors, therapists have these days about um, things like introverts, introversion in kids. Um, she, you know, didn't, she didn't take me to the doctor that first time with my ear infection and then see me, you know, having my hand smashed um, on the, the uh, toy and have this understanding from something that she read somewhere that, oh, my child's an introvert. Like that just wasn't there. There was no internet to Google symptoms, that, that kind of thing. She, you know, they just did the best they could, my parents trying to figure out <laughs> what to do with me because my sister was the exact opposite. Outgoing, loud, uh, you know, just creative and I'm creative, but in a different way. Um, but she was the exact opposite of me. So, you know, when she came along there, probably it was probably even more obvious that there was a huge difference in um, just the personality types between their two daughters. Um, but here's one thing that my mom did uh, to try and help. And she would, you know, if I was in a new situation or making new friends, and we moved around a lot as a kid, which didn't help my situation and the way I felt about things, having to always break into new uh, groups of friends and kids. Um, we moved around a lot. It felt like every few years I was having to start over with people. Um, as a kid, that's just really hard. Um, but sh she would ask me, well, do they know you're funny, right? And here's the thing. I'm freaking hilarious. I am one of the funniest people like ever. Like I feel, I feel pretty qualified in the few people that I know that that's a true statement. <laughs> um, but I am really, really funny. I have a very dry, sarcastic wit. Uh, I'm very subtle. Um, I can be sitting in a group and lots of conversation going on around me. And let me tell you, all the things that are going around on me, I am taking it in. I'm seeing it all, all the things. And I will pipe up with a random offhand uh, comment and people, it just, it gets the room rolling. So I am super, super funny, but no one will know that unless they're actually getting to know me. Cause I am super quiet. I do not break into a crowd. I walk into a room of people I don't know and I will sit in the back of the room. I am not outgoing. I am not gonna walk up to people and introduce myself voluntarily. So that was the thing though, that my mom recognized in me as a strength, hey, you're funny. So do they know you're funny kind of became it kind of became, um, it became a positive and a negative for me because on one hand, I know my mom was trying to help and trying to help me recognize, well, you need to let that part of your personality out sooner. Like get out there, like show them that you're funny and then you'll feel better. But the flip side of it was to me, does that mean I have to be funny to be accepted? Um, and so, um, I've worked a lot through that and I, I love for people to know that I'm funny. Um, and it is a challenge any, even as an adult now walking into a new group or trying to, trying to branch out and make new friends or be in a new situation. I know I'm hilarious. People who know me know I'm hilarious, but walking into a room of people, are they going to find me funny? Cause the first thing that happens for me when I'm meeting new people is awkward. Terry comes out. <laughs> it's not funny, Terry. It's weird. Awkward, Terry. I walk up to people and I don't know what to say. I just kind of stand there looking like a weirdo. And then I like slink off when I'm not included in the conversation. If I get brave enough to actually walk up to somebody and be like, hi, I'm Terry, how are you? Good to meet you, blah, blah, blah. It comes out more like, hi. Like it just is not words. It's not, it doesn't make, it just seems awkward and people just walk away. And um, no fault of anybody else. I just haven't yet figured out how to actually appear to be a true functioning normal extrovert because I am such a huge non-functioning introvert in terms of social things. So do they know you're funny? kind of, I'm turning it more into a mantra for me because I really believe that um, 
it's a good reminder for me. It's like a little confidence boost if I'm walking into a room. Just be funny because I can make just about anybody laugh uh, for any reason at any time. But it, it'll take me a little, like it'll take me a few sentences or a few, you know, a few minutes to kind of gauge the situation to figure it out. But my problem is I get too scared to say anything, and then I just continue on being that weird girl who shows up to stuff but never talks to anybody, right? So um, the deal is, my fellow introverts. Um, you're okay. Uh, the thing is, introversion is not wrong. There's a there's kind of a stigma out there that if you're an introvert, you need to be fixed. You need to be turned into an extrovert to function with the rest of society. Uh, that is so wrong. And I have felt that for years and years and years. And I don't know that it's anything that anybody does intentionally. It's just introverts are forced to function in a very extroverted world. Think about your office, right? Uh, so many office spaces now are an introvert's worst nightmare. And let me tell you what that is because... Y'all, we are dying inside just by sitting there from nine to five or whatever. I'm so glad I don't work in an office anymore because it was absolutely, um, while I enjoyed people and things and the jobs and the work that I did, the actual office atmosphere is horrendous for us introverts. I mean, if you're, today's offices are very much cubicles, right? So anytime I was stuck in a cubicle situation and later in my career, I had an office with a door and I, it was just the greatest thing that ever happened to me in my entire career. Like even beyond pay raises and uh, promotions, I earned a door that I could close and get my work done and not feel like I had to be, I was being watched all the time. Like the door is what I strived for my entire career. Uh, but a cubicle situation, an open office atmosphere is the worst thing for an introvert. We have no privacy, we have no space, we have no way to just kind of slink away and do our work. We feel like we always have to be on, we feel like we always are being watched. And some of it is that we are being watched because that isn't that kind of the point of office, you know, open the office workspace. It's loud. We can't control the noise. We can't control our interactions with other people. We can't space things out. If I have a door I can shut, your introvert employers, hear me now. I speak for introverts. Give an introvert a door or at least really tall cubicle walls because they need to feel like they have a little cave they can retreat to. And it's not the sense of I can retreat to my cave and just play on Facebook all day and still get paid for it. It is I can retreat to my cave. I can make my own space that I needed to be and then be a productive member of this team and this company. I can do my job better if I have a safe space and an open floor where it's just tables and chairs is so unsafe for an introvert. It's a little bit of a tangent there, but the point is, introverts are so forced to be um, to be extroverted, to exist, and to be accepted in the world. And I think that does a lot of damage to us as introverts because I want you to hear me now, introverts, shy people. You're not shy, okay? Uh, and let's let's talk about that word for a little bit. Um, when you don't understand introversion, and when you don't understand what you're dealing with, I mean, I grew up being called shy. I, you know, I a lot of advice I heard was, well, just, you need to just come out of your shell or when you come out of the, sh out of your shell, people will understand that you're really awesome. Why do I need to do that? Like what coming out of my shell is a negative. It really feels like a negative. Nobody says that to extroverts. I'm not, and that doesn't mean I like you any better just because you're not in some shell. I've actually never had a shell. Um, probably wished that I could have a shell, but I'm also not shy. I just don't know how to approach people in the same way that an extra, uh, an extrovert does. And shy is actually a negative word. Um, 
it's not going to say that in the dictionary. It's just going to define it. I don't have a def- you don't have it defined right in front of me right now. But it's the person who you know seems to be afraid to talk to people would be kind of an assumption there. That's negative. So it's not negative to be an introvert. Those of you who are an introvert, it's just a unique part of who you are. Um, and honestly, it should be celebrated because there's so many things that introverts are so good at that extroverts are not. That we need to have our space and we need to be able to recognize that. Um, there's safety in numbers and there may be fewer introverts out there and f- truly fewer introverts than um, as I- INFJs like I am than in- any other type. But uh, it's not a disease. It's not a condition that needs to be fixed. It just needs to be better understood. is what your introvert friends and family are feeling as they struggle through their life as an introvert. And let me be clear, I don't, I'm not trying to communicate that an extrovert's life is any easier than an introvert's life in terms of just life. Um, I'm just trying to kind of bring to light some things about being an introvert that have impacted me in my life because I'm not sure everybody understands truly what it's like to be an introvert. Even introverts may not understand what it's like to be another introvert. And just get it out there. There's no judgment here. I mean, guys, if you're an extrovert, I don't understand your world either. And so <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm a researcher. I learn by reading and just digging through information that leads me to the next piece of information. So, and I'm a watcher. I'm an observer. Um, not in a creepy way. I'm not stalking anybody, but I learned so much about being in social situations and watching uh, social interactions just by. Um, and learning how to be more social just by watching my extrovert friends. So sometimes when I'm with people or at a party or in an event or something like that, yeah, I'm probably that quiet girl sitting over in the corner, but I'm actually watching the room trying to learn how to function like a like a human. Because sometimes I don't feel quite human. Like I, I feel like I'm missing some like human emotional, like, um, you know, get out there and know people part of my uh, DNA that if I can learn it by watching, I can adapt and figure it out. And I've learned a lot about um, about being more extroverted in certain ways at times when I need to be just from watching my extroverted friends. So thank you, those of you who don't mind me just sitting around and kind of staring <laughs> at you or watching conversations. Um, it's not that in appearing like I don't want to be there. I'm actually learning quite a lot and just appreciative of being in your space. So for me, um, you know, some of the negative negative things that happen to me when I'm really deep into my uh, feelings of introversion, and this has just been on and off throughout my life, um, you know, feelings of guilt. Like I feel guilty that I can't be more introverted sometimes. I feel guilty that I don't want to be around people on nights when I turn down plans or cancel plans or, um, and, and, and let me be clear about that. Introverts don't hate people. Uh, I'm sure there's some who do, but I don't hate people. I love people dearly. I care about them. I have certain people in my life who I would love to spend a ton of time with and who I do spend a lot of time with because I'm comfortable. They understand where I'm coming from. We just get each other, even if they aren't introverted like I am. And, um, it's not that I don't want to be around people. It's that there are times when I can't be around people because I need that time to recharge. Your introvert needs time to recharge. And so often it makes me feel very guilty if I don't want to go to a party because I do want to be with you. I do want to experience your life with you. I do want to support you and love on you, 
I just can't handle a party kind of thing. Um, it leads to depression and I'm, there's going to be a whole other, probably multiple episodes about depression because that's been something I've struggled with my whole life. And it's very misunderstood, but it's very common among, among introverts because we do spend so much time alone. Um, being an introvert, you have to be very careful of balancing your time. You may want to spend every night at home uh, doing Netflix and chill. And honestly, if I could do that and get away with life, I probably would because it's an amazing way to recharge. Uh, it's on my calendar for tonight. Uh, and if you think I actually have a calendar that has that on there, you're wrong because I don't plan that well, but tonight is introvert night with, you know, Netflix and chill, but I do. And sometimes I'll tell people if they want me to go out and do something, um, no, today's an introvert day. And whether they understand that or not, it's okay to say that today's a day when I need to not be around people. I need to, you know, just nest. I need to be home. I need to just be in my space. Even if I'm not doing a single thing that improves me mentally, physically, personally, if it is just Netflix and chill, that is totally okay. So, but that can lead to a lot of depression because you are so isolated. Um, I get embarrassed that I don't feel and act like others. Like I don't get I don't, I get very embarrassed that I don't get excited about things that my other girlfriends get excited about. Um, and that'll be maybe another episode at some point too. Just, I feel like my feelings are muted. I'm an emotional person. I feel things deeply. That's not what I'm saying. My outward expression of emotion is very muted. Some of you, you may look at me and not know that I'm extremely sad on the inside or feeling something very deeply because I've trained myself to not be noticed because I don't want to be noticed. So those feelings and those emotions I don't let them be shown. So I've had lots of times when people just feel like I'm not paying attention and that to their credit, they should absolutely be feeling that because I'm not showing that. But on the inside, I am right there with them. I am, I've been, you know, some of my performance reviews when I've had jobs, you know, one of the things is that, you know, Terry doesn't seem interested in her work. Oh my gosh, I love my work. I'm clearly not showing you that. So what do I need to do to show you that kind of thing? So it's, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a behavior that's, you know, as an introvert and not, maybe not all introverts do this, I don't know, but over time, not wanting to be noticed, when you don't want to be noticed, you will find ways to not be noticed. So that means, okay, I don't want to get excited about this because I don't want anybody to see me excited about it, even though I'm super excited about it. I know that seems weird. Um, it, more negative emotions and more negative ways that introverts, uh, introversion has impacted me. I will withdraw even more when I'm down. So struggling with depression or having a bad day or dealing with a significant life event, I will tend to withdraw more so than go seek out people. Um, and that's so part of it is necessary because I just need time to uh, regroup and kind of figure out, okay, what, what am I feeling? But part of it is very, is an unhealthy way to deal with things because rather than go seek out a trusted friend and share with them what I'm dealing with and let them be in my space and support me, I choose to go it alone. Um, that not only isolates me, it isolates my friends and my family from me who would want to be there for me because I've been there for them so many times. So just being, but feeling like it's not acceptable for me to feel this way and to not feel comfortable enough coming out and talking about it, whatever it is, uh, causes me to withdraw even more. Um, I've all my life felt like an outsider. Um, even when I'm in a group of people who 100% accept me, and this is no comments, this is no characterization of people who are my people, um, I can still feel like an outsider at a moment's notice. Um, it happens at large events, it happens at conferences that I go to. Uh, knowing that I'm accepted and knowing that it's important that I'm there and that I'm wanted there. Um, comments, um, missing out on something, you know, anything I can infer 
uh, rejection, even when it's not there, just because I'm, I, it's just a part of my social anxiety, just fear that, okay, somebody's going to finally recognize that I'm just this weird introvert girl and not want me around anymore. So, um, there's a constant feeling of an outsider and a constant feeling of, okay, what do I need to do to get in? What do I need to do to be that person's friend? Or what do I need to do to be accepted or to stay accepted? I can have somebody in my back pocket as my person. You know, I, I know that you're my person. You're always going to back me up. You're always going to be there for me, even when I'm at my weirdest and heard more, most hurtful, that kind of thing. But then, but still feel like, okay, someday I'm going to do something and you're going to reject me. You're not going to want me around anymore. Um, and I ended up in a lot of one-sided relationships. And this is kind of typical of a lot of introverts. We're givers. We, uh, despite it seeming like we not want to be, not wanting to be around people, we're givers. We will be there for you. We are supportive people. We want to make a difference. We, we, um, we want to be there. We want to help. Um, so we often get into relationships where people need that from us, but then don't return that to us when we need them. Um, and it's happened to me countless times in every time, you know, you know, you always think you're being wise about a situation or a person or you're reading someone well, and I do read people pretty well, but then there's always those people that sneak in and, you know, they've connected with you. You guys, you feel like, oh my gosh, this is my, this is my newest bestie. And then suddenly you feel like you're in, you realize it's actually a very one-sided relationship. So, um, introverts, I feel you, you're not alone. I've been in all of those places. I've been in all of those situations. Um, and I want you to know, I want to share some of the positive things that I think come from me, um, specifically being very introverted and, um, just having that part of my personality, because there's a lot of positives that come from it, but sometimes it's hard for us to see it with ourselves. And sometimes it's hard for others to see it in us too. So let's talk a little bit about the positives and I wanted the positives to come after the negatives because um, introverts, y'all are something special. You really are. And I say that because I'm something special too. Um, we have, there's a lot of things I could talk about, but I'm going to narrow it down to just a few here. Um, I, we, and I, I know I have a deep need to find meaning in what I do. Um, I spent uh, the early part of my career, I'm working in nonprofit fundraising and uh, spent part of that actually working at a nonprofit and then flipped that around when I figured out my strengths were actually better as more of an administrator in less uh, in the field, um, working in direct response fundraising. And um, the uh, logistics of it are things like letters and data and numbers and that kind of th stuff. But the but the, the feel stuff where I felt like I, I was finding meaning is because with every number I analyzed and was able to find uh, a way for my clients to raise more money um, or, you know, with every letter that we wrote um, that went out to donors to raise more money, I felt like I was helping organizations reach more people. Um, they were, you know, feeding another person or, you know, helping to provide water or medical attention to somebody who needed it. So now in what I do now with skincare and cosmetics, I'm helping people feel better about their skin and their, their, it's amazing how much your insides feel better when your outsides feel better. Um, with personal training, I was helping people, um, feel better about themselves and be healthier and being more active. Um, 
I am like a therapist for anybody who ever has spent time with me um, <laughs> sharing things with me. I have an incredible ability to um, sit with you and just listen and be there and be supportive and um, hear you and respond in ways that are healthy or maybe not healthy, but helpful. I'll say helpful. Um, I can dig down and have people crying in a heartbeat. Um, and, you know, I like with this podcast now with my blogging and my writing and that kind of thing. There is so much meaning in this for me, even if I'm talking to a microphone and no one ever hears this, but my mom and the three friends who so far have been like, yes, I'm totally subscribing to your podcast. You're amazing. Whatever. This is hugely fulfilling to me because I feel like I'm a voice. So um, I'm a voice for people who aren't necessarily heard. And you're going to hear that theme throughout all of my episodes. And as this podcast continues to grow and become more, um, I feel like I have a special burden on my heart to speak for people who... Um, either can't speak for themselves or afraid to speak for themselves. Um, I have gone through a lot and I haven't gone through everything, but I've gone through some unique things. And I just, you know, that gives me meaning in what I do. Um, introverts were crazy creative. Um, you'll find a lot of writers and artists and musicians who are directors, film directors, um, who are serious introverts. Um, there's something about this personality type that just seems to spur art and passion and creativity and words and um, just amazing things that people enjoy and that just adds beauty and love and just peace to our world. Um, we're incredibly loyal to a fault. Um, I am loyal to people who I probably shouldn't be loyal to, <laughs> if I'm honest. And that's just because I have a sense of serving people. And um, it's not a sense of, oh my gosh, you can't leave me. It's like, I don't even know how to put it into words, but you're, you'll find some of the most creative, most loyal people are introverts. We're supportive. I am... Part of my DISC personality type is I'm a very strong S and what S means is supportive. And that's my personality parts that come to you and say, you're leading a big project. How can I help you? Um, I have, it's silly, but I have always had this dream of being a backup singer, <laughs> not the spotlight. I want to be the girl in the back making you look good, but also kind of up there getting a little bit of spotlight. Um, one thing I do in my spare time sometimes is I'm an extra on TV shows and I've only done a handful of those, but it's so fun. And I actually long time ago, and this is before I actually started getting, getting into doing it, um, I had a this crazy weird idea that, you know, I want to be the person who sets the Guinness record for being a, an extra in the most things ever. Like that one person that you're like, okay, but I think I saw her in the background of that other thing, but I've seen her in the background of a million things. So supportive, like I want to be the thing that's helping you shine. And that's amazing and awesome. But it's also a little bit on the detrimental side, because I, I have a hard time stepping aside from that and going, okay, now it's my time to shine. Now it's my time to have the spotlight. Um, the spotlight's super scary for me. That's why this podcast form right now is super conducive to me wanting to get out there a little bit more, but I don't have to worry about people actually standing there watching me do this. Uh, I can speak, I can stop a recording and, you know, redo it or erase it or, um, uh, delete it and start over if I need to. So it's, um, Getting out into the spotlight is hard for introverts to understand sometimes. We'd love to help. That goes along with supporting. Um, I'm always just like, hey, how can I help? I love to volunteer, do different things like that. And I think I already mentioned this, but we're highly perceptive and insightful. I can read a situation pretty quickly. I'm off sometimes just because I have the social anxiety that I have kind of erases a whole um, 
a whole litany of things I should be aware of socially so I can get myself into some pretty stupid social situations just because I don't un understand social interactions. But I can diagnose a problem if you have an issue pretty quick. I can take, and this is one thing that was both a strength for me and a weakness for me as I went through um, uh, my career, former career, is that I can diagnose a problem really quickly and I'm gonna tell you about it really quickly and you're gonna be frustrated because I've already brought up the problems with your thing. Not in a sense that, you know, if you come to me with an idea and I'm shooting, it's not, I'm not trying to shoot it down. I just already see the holes in it and I want you to succeed. So rather than go through a million things that don't work, I'm gonna just start asking you about what's wrong with it so we can fix it and get it done for you. Um, so that's the kind of insight that I had to catch and put into check for a while. Um, I had a boss tell me one time uh, coming out of a meeting, he was like, uh, Terry, you are the smartest person in the room. And I'm not saying that to brag or anything, but he, he was just trying to encourage me because I was so frustrated that I could see what was wrong with the thing that we were about to do and nobody wanted to hear it from me. It was because of my approach. It's not because they didn't want the help. He said, you're the smartest person in the room and you've already, you're a mile down the road ahead of everybody else. You have to wait for everybody to catch up to you if you wanna bring them along. And that's so true for a lot of introverts, I think. We get frustrated and we withdraw and we stop talking because we feel like, well, nobody wants to hear it anyway, even though I'm right. I'm kind of right. And the last thing I just want to say on this positive thing, and it's going to be a weird positive thing, but y'all, we're delightfully awkward. And I put that word delightfully there because it's true. I am so, so, so awkward. I am awkward in person. I am awkward in a group. I am awkward one-on-one. -on -one. I don't know how to stand. I don't know how to hold my hands. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to do anything. But it's so delightful. We're endearing. We're cute. Your little, your little introvert friends are just, you know, we're endearing. We're cute. And, um delightfully awkward and I've had to embrace awkward. Awkward is not a negative and I'm actually glad to see that becoming more of a thing that it's okay to be awkward. Um, you know, you got your nerds on TV and they're cool and people are, you know, everybody's okay if you're, if you're awkward. So introverts celebrate your awkwardness. Um, even my voice is awkward. I'm just awkward, but it's okay. Um, embrace it, own it. It's not a negative. Don't treat it like an, a negative. Don't let people make you feel like you're um, a bad person or wrong if you're awkward. Own it, y'all. Own the awkward. Um, and I just, introverts, you kind of rock. So let's close with a little a little housekeeping, a little how-to. So this is how to care for your introvert, okay? So everyone out there, you know you have an introvert friend. You might have one or two. You might have more than you think, but you never see them because they're introverts and they're hiding, right? So this is kind of how to take care of your introvert. Um, speaking here to my extroverted friends and to just people in general, I'm not targeting anybody, but um, introverts need a little special care. Um, reach out to them. They're not going to reach out to you um, if, if they have an issue going on, right? So they're going to reach out to you if they see that you have something going on. They're going to reach out with concern and love and support. And they're going to want to help it support you. When it's their turn, if you see them disappearing more so than normal, if you know they're going something through something, reach out to them because they're not going to be, it's not about you. They're not it's not that they don't want to talk to you. They don't know how to talk to you. They don't know how to start the conversation. So reach out to them, reach out to them to spend time together. Um, your introvert may say no, but don't take it personally. And they do like to be included. Um, text them, 
don't call them. <laughs> uh, one of the one of my least favorite things to do is talk on the phone. I have a few people that I will talk to on the phone and have you know good fun conversations with. But I'm a texter. I'm a messenger. Um, text them before you call them. Let them know, hey, I'm about to call you because I will stare at my phone if I'm getting a call from somebody, even if I love you and really want to talk to you. And panic immediately sets in and I hit the decline button, okay? <laughs> I may call you back later. More than likely, you're going to get a text back from me saying, hey, I got your call. But just, you know, just be sensitive to that. Also, don't show up at their house and announce, but that's a whole separate thing. Um, I think I already said this, but invite them. Invite them to parties. Invite them to dinner. Invite them to hang out. Invite them. They need to know that you want them around. Otherwise, they just feel like they're never wanted. Um, but be okay if they say no and don't take it personally. And I know that's a double-edged sword right there. That's a whole, but you wanted me to invite you and then you said no. You just kind of have to be okay with that with your introvert. It doesn't make a lot of sense and it's not, it's not awesome, I know, but your introvert will love you so much and will come to trust you and and be amazing for you as a friend. Um, if you understand that when you invite them, they love to feel included, but you're also okay with them when they say, you know what, uh, tonight I need to make it an introvert night. I, I can't come out, but thank you so much for inviting me. Um, when they reach out to you, say yes. And I don't mean that all the time. Like obviously you're going to have things to do when you can't commit to something. But if your introvert is reaching out to you and saying, hey, can you grab coffee? Or hey, can we get together today? Or hey, I just want to hang out for a little bit. They might be trying to tell you something. They might really need your time. They might really need your attention. Um, do everything you can to say yes and receive that well, because the more you say no to your introvert because you're busy or you have something going on, whatever it is, and trust me, life happens. There's no, there's no accusations there. But recognize and acknowledge that. And if you can't get together right then, say, absolutely, let's get together, but can we do it another time? Like affirm that they have come out of their shell and they are saying, hey, I need you for something because that is huge for an introvert. It is so, so huge. Like I can't even tell you how huge it is for an introvert to reach out and say, hey, I need you or to call you. If, you're, if you look at your phone and there's a phone call coming from your introvert, you pick that up right now. You pick that up and you talk to them because they need you for something because they have gone through all all the efforts to dial you on the phone and not text you that is important <laughs> so say yes to your introvert when you when they're making efforts towards you listen sometimes all and that's what i mean just listen sometimes all your introvert needs is an ear they don't need you to fix anything they don't need to under, you to understand their world although i would love for people to understand my world a little bit more listen to your introvert um they will have a hard time finding words to say what they need to say um the words and the feelings that are in their heads that is all jumbled up it's hard for them to get that out into ways that uh, make sense to the outside world so be patient and listen to your introvert um offer safe space and here's this is a tricky thing because a lot of people like to get together for coffee and do different things and for me as an introvert that's like the worst place to have a deep conversation from me. I will meet you if you need to talk to me at coffee or whatever, but like I need a I need a quiet place. I need to come to your house. I need some place that's safe. Or e even if we do meet for coffee, some place that's out of the way. Um, the worst thing that I can think of in, in, in a public space, at like a dinner or something like that, is to be sharing something with my friend and burst into tears in a restaurant where people can see me. Like that's just, it's one of my like, it's just not, not an awesome thing for me. So Make it a safe space. Make it a space that they know that they can come to. Uh, and it doesn't have to be your house. It can be anywhere. But make it a safe space where your introvert feels like they can come and be open and honest with you and uh, talk. Um, and then if you do get an introvert to your party, 
don't make a huge deal about it because you'll frighten them, but affirm them. Let them know that you're so glad that they're there. And then when they leave 15 minutes later, be okay with it. <laughs> I'm kind of teasing, but kind of serious. Like, especially if they come alone to a party and they don't really know anyone there, that is probably their big social event of the month. Like that's gonna wear them out after the party when they get back home and they're not gonna come out of hiding for like a week. They're gonna be like a turtle that just kind of goes back in its shell and hides there till it feels safe to come back on. It can come back out. And the reason they're there is to support you. They wanna be there for you. They wanna be with you. They wanna celebrate your event or just celebrate your party and spend some time with you. But they don't wanna deal with, they don't wanna deal with the party and all the other things. So if they have come out of their world and attended your party, give them your attention let them know that they are it's appreciated that they're there and then literally 20 minutes later once they've you know had a drink and said hi to some people and they've sat in the corner and felt uncomfortable for as long as they can take it and they decide they need to leave just be okay with it it's okay um they're fine you're fine everybody's fine they just need to go do their thing So that turned into a long episode, but that is so fun. Um, I guess as an introvert, I have a lot of things to say about being an introvert. Uh, thank you for listening, whether you're a fellow introvert or an extrovert, or you don't know what kind of vert you are. I'm just glad you're here. Uh, so appreciative of the opportunity to be here and to do this. Um, I found out today before I started recording on my uh, third episode that I'm now on a second platform. So in addition to the Anchor platform, of course, I'm now also on Pocket Cast. So find me on Pocket Cast if you're listening from Pocket Cast. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you're here. I hope you enjoy. Um, as I am added to more platforms, of course, I will uh, announce that here. Um, keep sharing, keep supporting y'all. I'm just so appreciative. That little button that's at the top of the page is one way you can show me your support. Um, support this podcast. Actually, uh, you can give a little bit of cash to uh, what I'm doing here. And that just helps with um, recording devices and time and just the energy and effort I put into all this. I'm doing it all myself. I'm writing it obviously speaking it, editing it, doing all the music, all that stuff. Um, I love it. It's a labor of love, but love to see your support as well. You can also send me messages um, if you're on my Facebook and eventually I'm going to get all this connected to a Facebook page that makes sense. But if you know me and you're on Facebook, obviously you can send me messages that way. <coughs> I've talked so long that I'm starting to lose my voice today. So I'm going to go ahead and end it uh, with today's closing music is a version of my sister's uh, song that I called Word What What? Yeah, I don't know exactly. This is years ago that I did this, so I don't exactly know why I titled it that. It just felt appropriate for the mood of the music. So I'm going to close out for today, um, and I will see you here next time for more things that I have to say because I have things to say. And here you go. This is Miriam's song, Word What What? Mm -hmm.